Everybody praise the Lord. All right, happy to have you all here today. Great to see the church filling up and new faces and uh, friends and guests and visitors and love it. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. God, I gotta tell you, God is doing great things all over the place around here in the most like removed places and just in the, in the center of people's lives. God is really on the move right now. And I would want you to kind of get excited about that and be encouraged to know that that's not just for anybody else or somebody else, that's for us. That's for us right here, right now, that God is working in this whole thing. Hey, how about that parking lot out there? Huh? How about that? Now that brings up something that I I really wanted to get back to, because a couple of weeks ago, I got up and I, uh, it, it is so easy Um, to say something that you wish you hadn't said. When you do this every week, the the, uh, potential for that is enormous. And it's not really that I said anything that um, I shouldn't have said, but we were talking about the building fund, and the building fund this month was $2,700 and change. Wonderful, really appreciate that. And then I I was encouraged to keep, or to, to bring it to mind that when you give to a building fund, you are giving an offering. A tithe and an offering are a different thing. And, but I felt like when I said it, it, it sounded to me unthankful. You know what I mean? Like, here's what you just did, but remember this, and I hate that. Uh, the last thing I would ever want anybody to think is that the church is not thankful, is not an organism that lives in this world that is overflowing with thankfulness. Am I right, Pastor Joe? I mean, that is who we are by nature. We're gonna talk about that this morning. It, It is what is at the very core of everything that's going on in our life, this attitude of gratefulness for what God has done for us. And, and, you know what I mean, without, without us even requesting it or asking, asking for it or expecting it or anything, God has, God has redeemed us and purchased us and brought us back into fellowship with him. And Jesus, before he leaves, says, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you may be also. And where I'm going, you know, and the place you know. And then... One asks him, well, how do we know that? And he says, how do we know the way? How do we know the way to get there? Jesus says, I am the way. So you just keep your eyes on me, and you just keep following me, and you will wind up right where I am. Hallelujah. Anyway, so I just felt like to get up on one minute and say, oh, we praise God for the generosity of this congregation, and I really do. I praise God for the generosity and the faithfulness of all you and I, and I believe that all of you want to be as much a part, I I trust this, if you have the Spirit of God in you, you want to be as much a part of what God is up to as you possibly can be. Amen, Pastor Steve. Somebody should have shouted it right there, right? That's the truth. If you are walking and living in the Spirit of God, you want to be as much a part of everything that God is up to as you can be, because this is the only train out of here. Everything else is a dead end, right? This whole thing, the church, is going places. Hallelujah. Going 
places big time. So anyway, I just felt like in that whole thing, you know, thanks for the 2,700 bucks, everybody, but remember, your tithe belongs to the... And, and so I just mentioned how, like, the, you know, the, the kind of, sometimes that kind of discussion makes me feel a little bit weird or uncomfortable. I just never want to give that impression. But yes, it is true. Your tithe belongs to the church. Give your tithe to the church. And then when, when it comes to offerings, um, please be generous and, and, uh, and give offerings. But I know that you want to. If the Spirit of God is really working in you, you have a heart to do that. We just, we're on the hook for about... 88 grand for that parking lot. I have, I, I, am, I have no fear of it. I have no concern about it. I have, I'm confident. We have we've sailed through millions here. Not millions, but probably a million and a half in the course of time of buying this place, fixing this place, all the stuff that we've done. And all of that funding, all of that resource has come from us. And then ultimately from the Lord through his people, that's kind of the way it works. So anyway, I just wanted to take a moment to kind of straighten that out. It kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. You know what I mean? Like it le- kind of left me feeling like, Ugh. and I want you to know how, I'll tell you something, it's totally true. Here I go, man, I'm going off right now, but <laughs> every time I walk through that door and I walk in this place, I am overflowing with gratefulness. Every time. I want to talk about a thankful heart today. Hallelujah. Thank you. A thankful heart. Every, like I said, I walk into this place because, see, I remember when all of this was a little group of people in my basement. Am I right, Heidi? You're a little kid at that time, right? A little kid, 13, right? Now look at you, beautiful, lovely mother, a beautiful family, wife. You know what God has done. And, and that's, that's what I see. And I come into this place, and like I said, I remember, you know, we're all kind of meeting in my basement and making it happen and doing it and happy about it and rejoicing and having every bit as much spirit and joy and life and spiritual energy as you feel, as I trust you, you're feeling here in this room here this morning. And that's where we got started. And here we are some, I guess, about 35 years later. Look what God has done. Right? Look what God has done. And we're situated, we're, we're situated in this community, like, on, uh, like in this main place. And, and God is drawing attention to what he's doing here all the time. It really amazes me. Three days out of the week, this parking lot is loaded with cars. I'm just kind of going off now a little bit. But I have a thankful heart. And I see what like, God is up to and what he's building. And, and, and that's just the superficial, the external kind of stuff. And then I see all the ways that he's working and doing special things in people's lives. I'm looking at Scott over there. And, he, and God, God bringing you in, you know, in the midst of like the worst possible set of circumstances. In the midst of all of that, God goes, hey, Scott, I got something for you, man. Right? And so, yeah, you might have to do a couple of years, but, but you're going to come out of this a rich man. And you did. And you are. Hallelujah. And all over this place, all over this place, I had a conversation with my daughter. She's not here this morning, 
But I had a conversation, you know, those of you who've been around here for a while know some of the heartache and hurt mm, that we have experienced over the last few years. Deep, deep and disappointing and causes you just to, all right, God, which direction do I move in now? Or how did, I, how did I miss that? Or how did I get that? How did I not see that one coming? Or whatever it may happen to be. And yet I had a conversation with my daughter this week. And God is like filling, filling that hurt, removing that hurt and, and, and filling her back up with hope. And that's what this is all about. Taking lost and broken and hurting people from out of this broken, messed up, confused, frustrated, angry, hurtful world and calling you and I out of that hurtful world and into his kingdom so that where we can be loved and taught. And that's why I brought that up before. I knew it was something that was gonna take me more time to really explain that I was really gonna have opportunity. But um, that whole idea that when God saved the people of Israel, they were redeemed the moment they sacrificed that Passover lamb, okay? They were still living in Egypt. They were still technically slaves in the house of Egypt. But then they offered that Passover lamb and they were free by that. The angel of death was the first one that passed over, right? When he saw that blood on the lintel on the doorpost of the house, he kept on going. Where that blood was not on the, on the, the door of the house or the, the, you know, the threshold of the house, the angel of death visited and the firstborn of that family died. So it was important for them to know that the redemption, the, the purchase of their salvation and it's such, a, it's such a life illustration for us. The purchase of their salvation happened long before they got to Sinai. At Sinai, God said, okay, I got a few things that you're gonna have to know. You're gonna have to know who I am. You're gonna have to know what I'm about. You have to know that I'm a holy God. You have to know what my standards are. All this stuff, you're gonna have to learn about this, and you're gonna have to come into all this. But their redemption happened long before they learned a thing. And that's important that we would know. The redemp- when Jesus, we have a tetelestai on the, on the cross out in the lobby, and it means tetelestai is the, the Greek word for, uh, it is finished. And when Jesus gave his life on that cross, the last thing he had to say was, it is finished. And it is so important that we can enter into the realm of God's saving work, knowing that it isn't contingent upon how, how, I, how good I am with it, or how you know, intensely spiritual I am, or, you know, because all of us know that underneath all of this uh, you know, fancy dressing and, and linen and stuff like that, we know we're all just struggling people trying to live according to the standards that God lays out in his word. So this is, this, is what we, this is what we all aspire to, amen? amen. But we know we, we struggle with it all the time because we have this ball and chain of an old fleshly nature that just always cries out for its own desires and longings and stuff, and you've got to say, shut up, <laughs> drop dead. That's what you really should say to yourself, drop dead. <laughs> drop, I used to, Drop dead, drop dead, dry up and blow away. Here's a little song, drop dead, drop dead, dry up and blow away. 
Sing that to yourself sometime. <laughs> you know, when, when here you are, and here's your old selfish nature, and I want that, and I want this, and I need that, and I gotta, you know what I mean? This old, I better get to my message, I guess. This <laughs> anyway, all right. So I just wanted to get that issue. I am so thankful for what I am, I am overflowing with thankfulness. Like I said, I walk in this door, I look at this place, and then I see the people that I have to work with here, good people, love God, love this church, serve this church. God is adding more people to this work all the time, and we invite you. Come on, get on board. Roll up your sleeves, put your, uh, put your shoulder to the wheel. Let's, let's see what God can do. Amen? Shall we? All right, Pastor Steve. Come on, get back to yourself here and let's, let's go. A thankful heart. Here's a passage for us to look at this morning. This is where we will ultimately, I trust, get. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Father God, we come before you this morning with grateful hearts. Thank you so much, O oh Lord, for all that you have done for us. I'm kind of majoring on some of the externals, the building, the parking lot, the stuff like that. That's all wonderful, but how much more the transforming work that you have done and continue to do by your spirit, deep on the inside, changing us, changing our, our whole attitude about life, giving us a new hope and new vision for what you have for what you have made available to us and possible to us. So we want to stop and render and offer you thanks for the great saving work that you did on our behalf. Thank you, O Lord. You did it before we asked for it. It's a done deal, and we thank you that we can enter into it and receive it simply as a gift. So we pray, Lord God, Holy Spirit, that you will just be upon us right now to give us insight and understanding into this grand redemption, plan of redemption. And Lord God, that you will fire us up by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, that you will cause this work of the Freedom Church to just simply explode into this surrounding area. That when we get out of here, we, we, we will touch lives everywhere we go and that people will sense that there's joy in the midst of a world where there is fear and anxiety and concern about everything, that we are people who walk in a joyful spirit, a victorious spirit, a confident spirit. We thank you, O Lord God. All of this is possible because of what you've done for us in Christ Jesus. So, O Lord, have your way, we pray. Be exalted. God, give us grace. Let your anointing be upon us that we might hear and learn and receive your word. Pray this now in Jesus' name and for his sake and all of God's people said, Amen. All right, good. Let's go for it. Now, over the last few weeks, of course, I've been in this whole 
um, Hamas-Israel war thing and, and trying to bring information about that to us, which I think is really important. I've really got a lot of um, a lot of really good feedback from all that. A lot of people have really expressed an appreciation because the whole thing, the the, the entire situation suffers from a huge amount of misinformation and disinformation and wrong information, and that's why there's so much confusion about what is really going on. So we looked at five questions. Who or what is Hamas? Why is Hamas intent on destroying the Jewish people? What is the history of the Palestinians? What is the history of the land of Israel? Why are so many of America's youth and young adults supporting the Palestinian cause, which ultimately becomes the Hamas cause? And how might any of this fit into Bible prophecy concerning the end times, and all of that is stuff that I would like to get into. And we, I think we've kind of answered the first three, who or what is Hamas, a terrorist organization, why is it so intent on destroying the Jewish people, because it's full of the devil. The thing is full of hatred and full of demonic energy. And we went through the history of the Palestinians. I didn't get into four and five yet. I will definitely do my best. But I just felt like today, um, this is, we are facing a celebration and a season that we must not overlook. We must focus on the importance of what Thanksgiving is because it is, I believe it is supremely deserving of our attention this morning. And to, to kind of get, like, what usually happens is I, I don't think about the fact that um, Thanksgiving is coming, so I preach whatever I'm preaching, and then we get to our Wednesday night, and then I put some message together having something to do with Thanksgiving, maybe Psalm 107, so all of that men would give thanks to the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he sat us, all of that. But, but we don't usually have, like, the major crowd, the, the full house, um, on Wednesday night, although we could, but I know Wednesday night's a... People are cooking, going, running, doing whatever you got to do to get ready for Thanksgiving. So we'll have fewer people in here on Wednesday night. So I thought this year we should, we should really hit on this on the Sunday prior so that we can get ramped up to have a profound and powerful Thanksgiving. Right? Yes. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to hit on this topic this morning, a thankful heart. Um, <clears throat> so Thanksgiving is um, a celebration that happens, of course, here, but it also happens in a number of other places, Canada, Liberia, Ghana. Some say it happens in uh, Germany and Switzerland or some, some toned down or some different type of a version of something similar where there is a, where there is a day in which people um, remember to be thankful to God. But here in the U.S., the, the tradition of celebrating a day of giving thanks is for us both historically significant and it is quite spiritually and culturally important because it makes up part of the fabric of who we are as people. As a part of our whole history is kind of in that little situation among those people who first sailed over here and came here because they wanted to be able to be free to practice their, that's why the pilgrims came here. They wanted simply to be able to be free to practice their devotion and their religious faith to God. And so they came over here. The, the, the um, pilgrims were the ones who invented Thanksgiving Day. And here's a somewhat of a, a rendering just to kind of get our minds kind of into that particular event. The event that, we're, that we call the first Thanksgiving was celebrated by the pilgrims 
after their first harvest in the New World in October of 1621. The feast lasted three days and was attended by 90 Native American Wampanoag people and 53 pilgrims who were survivors of the Mayflower. The practice of publicly expressing thankfulness to God began at that time in that simple little expression of thankful praise that they were offering to God for getting them through the first winter, for bringing them into a, a summer, for get, bringing to them a harvest, for helping them to grow and flourish in the new world. All of these things were the cause for them all to come together and say it's important for us to just take some time and give thanks. So that's the starting point for, um, for our modern Feast of Thanksgiving, and, and, it's, and it's baked in. That's, that's why it's so important. This, this whole attitude has, I should say, has been baked in. It is baking, or it is, it is diffusing out because we no longer value and cherish the God to whom we ought to be giving thanks. Somebody has said, oh, you know, woe to the poor atheist on Thanksgiving who has no one to give thanks to. How do you give thanks if you're an atheist? Who do you give thanks to, right? And so this whole, this whole um, event is so central to our whole, and we, we come back to it every year, but it's, it's just a wonderful thing to remind us that so much is grounded in a, having a thankful heart. You will know that because when you, when you get around people who have a thankful heart, isn't it a delight? And when you get around people who, when you get around unthankful people, crabby, crotchety, grouchy, right? People like that, not happy, not thankful for anything, always kind of angry and all the rest of that, always kind of like anxious about everything and nervous and fearful and all of that, right? <clears throat> it's a completely different spirit. So this, this whole thing is, is, has been baked into our culture and the practice of publicly expressing thankfulness to God has been kept as a national tradition <clears throat> with additional proclamations by successive presidents, most notably George Washington, John Adams, James Madison, Abraham Lincoln, and then reproclaimed by pretty much every president since Andrew, Jack Andrew Johnson back in the 1860s. So all of that has become, become like part of our national life. <clears throat> but of course, such proclamations are just simply perfunctory. They happen by obligation. They happen because they're supposed to or because they have to. It's incumbent upon any president to proclaim or declare at this point in our history a, a national day of thanksgiving, regardless of where they may personally be on the matter. And the same thing is true for us. It's kind of incumbent that we do this whole thing because here it comes and you know, like we're going to see all the advertisements and all, all that stuff, so it's going to ramp us up to celebrate this thing. But it can be something that happens entirely superficially and, and only outwardly, or it can be, so, and we can, we, can simply, um, we can simply understand this as a duty, something I ought to do, something that God wants me to do, something that I should be doing, that kind of a thing. Or, but I, but I want us to, what, I, what was really like working in me as I started thinking about doing this whole message was simply that if it, if it degenerates into something which is just perfunctory, just ritualistic, just a duty, just the thing that I do as I'm supposed to do that, just because I think God, it loses all of its value, or it loses a great deal of its value. 
But when the Spirit of God is living in you, I, 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 was, a, I was asking myself, thankfulness, why is this not in Ephesians chapter five? You know, or I'm sorry, Galatians chapter five. The fruit of the Spirit. I thought, is, is, thank, is thankful, being thankful a fruit of the Spirit? Is it ever? <laughs> so I don't know why it made that list, but I think underneath love, Underneath joy, underneath peace, underneath patience, underneath gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, and self-control, underneath all of those things is a thankful heart, right? And then out of that thankful heart, out of a, th- out of a, th- a thankful heart comes love, right? Because I've been loved. I've been so profoundly loved that all I can do now is, all I can do to to respect the love with which I have been loved is try to love somebody. Try to like keep it all rolling, pay it forward as the expression goes, right? I have, uh, such goodness has been done and I, and I can, uh, and I sense the goodness that God has shown to, to us all that it just naturally brings up a spirit of joy. Right? It makes me joyful no matter what else is going on in this world because I know that my life and my future are secure. They are secure in Jesus Christ. I know that Romans 8.28 is and will remain in effect that God works all things together for good to those who love him and who are the called according to his purpose. That's who I want to be. I want to be one of the called according to his purpose, living within as best as I can figure it out and as best as I can align myself with it. I want to be in the center of his purpose because in that place, everything's working together for my good. Amen. That's, that's real and that's true. That's peace, that's joy, that's security, that's fearlessness. That's the package, right? I'm off my thing again. It's okay, though. Anyway, I have so many th- places to go here. But let's go back to, let's go back to look at the thing and then say a few words about that. See that no one repays anyone, evil for evil. But always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So these things that God instructs or commands are inherently his direction to bring us into the life that is best for us. God gets nothing from us except a headache and crucified. That's what God got from us, okay? But what we get from him is, well, Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Even even as he predestined us in love to be conformed to the image of his Son, God has has poured out sacrificial, God has poured out redemption, the work of redemption, the the, the saving work of the blood of Christ on us to to bring us in, even as he ransomed and drew us in and adopted us as children. So with all of that, God, um, this is like the response. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to 
one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, what I will ask is, is it possible to rejoice always? It is, is it possible to pray without ceasing? And to pray without ceasing doesn't mean that you pray 24 hours a day. It means you pray until the answer comes. That's what it means. Because it, it's used like that in the whole story of Peter in the book of Acts. And I think it's Acts chapter 12. And Peter has been, uh, um, Herod found out that it pleased the Jews to, when he put some heat on the Christians. And so he had John and Peter arrested and he had John um, killed. And then um, Peter was still in prison. And, and then this angel comes along to, to rescue him. And, and while all this is going on, there are people that are all praying. They're all gathered together and they're praying and praying for, for Peter's well-being. And then um, all of a sudden, Peter knocks on the door. And they know he's in a Roman prison, right? And Peter knocks on the door. The girl who's the kind of like the house servant goes to the door and she's blown away. They're all in the other room praying for this guy. There he is at the door. She goes back and tells him it's Peter. Can't be Peter. It's not possible that it's Peter, right? It is Peter. Peter wakes up in the middle of the night. An angel releases him from his chains, opens the door. He gets out, and there he goes. And, and, but the, what I'm trying to get to is it says that prayer was made for him without ceasing. In, in other words, they just kept on hammering it and kept on hammering it. That's hard sometimes, isn't it? But but we must have that attitude. We must have, I will keep on praying towards this thing until it breaks, until it gives, until I, because I'm not going to be overcome by it. It will be overcome by God. Am I right? Right? That's the attitude that we have to go into it. So the only way that we can have these things are, without the Holy Spirit, these things are impossible, but in the Holy Spirit, these things are normal. This is natural, this is the way that it's supposed to be, that we would rejoice always, that we would pray without ceasing, that we would give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now I wanna take um, one word out of that thing, because it, it really is the vital word, okay? It says, give thanks in all circumstances. Okay, now the word circumstances has to do with standing in a circle. Circumstance, okay? We are all standing in the middle of a life circle. There are things all around. There are circumstances all around the place. There are concerns, there are burdens, there are troubles, there are victories, but all around you right now, there are all kinds of circumstances, right? And scripture says, give thanks in all circumstances. I looked up the word all in Greek. And guess what it means? Yeah, you know that one. I've only said it about 400 times here, right? <clears throat> so give thanks in all circumstances. So not every one of the circumstances in your life is from God or is, is a God thing. Okay, there are many things that are, that are part of everybody's life, okay, that are, that are not, not good things. They're not things you want. It's not what you wanted to happen in your life. It's just the way that it is. It's a circumstance. It's you standing in the middle of something, of, 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 some, of things that just have happened to come into your life. But the important aspect of all that is, I don't want that to get here. Okay, when the circumstances, somebody said, how you doing? Ah, I'm doing okay under the circumstances. What are you doing under the circumstances? We're not to live 
under the circumstances. We're not to live in the circumstances. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their um, strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. We are above the circumstances. That's, that's where we are meant to be. That by, by, you know, eagles don't, right? They don't do that except to get there. But eagles are just like, just over all the noise, over all the commotion. They will mount up with wings like eagles. So we, we are to be living above those because if we're not careful, what happens is all of those circumstances, all that stuff that surrounds me in the circle that is trying desperately to get my attention or bring me under control so I'm going to be fearful about it, I'm going to be angry about it, I'm going to be disgusted about it, I'm going to be disappointed about it, I'm going to be hurt by whatever. All these things are just waiting in line. There's, a, there's actually a circle with a line, you know? And the, 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 um, the challenge for us is not to let those external, superficial circumstances that are there that are trying to get your attention, they're trying to bring you into some kind of a place of concern or fear or anger or remorse or regret or whatever it may happen to be. Those things are constantly there, right? But God says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God. That's a big statement, isn't it? This is the will of God. This is what people will ask. Yeah, I, I wish I knew what the will of God was for my life. Right? Start with that. How about that? Start with that. There are actually four things that are God's will for your life stated as such. Maybe we'll, we'll bring that as a message one of these days. We will. Okay, there are four things, but here, this is one of them. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so in the middle of all the noise, in the middle of all the craziness, in the middle of all the nuttiness of what's going on in this world, and oh, is it ever going crazy? Our world has lost its mind and lost its direction. People are, oh, we, I, we can't even get into it, but you know it as well as I do, all of the nuttiness that is around, all of the insanity that is all around the place. Uh, and so <clears throat> in the midst of it all, God wants us to not get caught up in all of the circumstances, but to give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God concerning you. Here's a, a little thing, so let me tag this onto, um, onto this message, and then we'll quit. There are actually, uh, we, we could take this message and just bring it from a scientific medical point of view, and it would be valid and true that Give thanks, giving thanks in all things, for this is the will of God for you, is actually confirmed scientifically, medically, to convey blessings upon the person who, is, who has a thankful heart. Here's an article that was published in Psychology Today in April of 2015. The title of the article was, Seven Scientifically Proven Benefits of Gratitude. Psychology Today is not by any means a Christian publication, right? But it is, by doing the research that they did, this is, this is what they came up with. Seven scientifically proven benefits of gratitude. One, gratitude opens the door to more relationships. 
Not only does saying thank you constitute good manners, but showing appreciation can help you win new friends. According to a 2014 study published in Emotion, the study found that um, thanking a new acquaintance makes them more likely to seek an ongoing relationship. So whether you thank a stranger for holding the door or thank or send a thank you note to that colleague who helped you with the project, project, acknowledging other people's contributions can lead to new opportunities. So the first, gratitude opens the door to more relationships. Two, gratitude improves physical health. Grateful people experience fewer aches and pains and report feeling healthier than other people, according to a 2012 study published in Personality and Individual Differences. Not surprisingly, grateful people are also more likely to take care of their health. They exercise more often, are more likely to attend regular checkups, which is likely to contribute to further longevity. Um, Number three, gratitude improves psychological health. Gratitude reaches a multitude of toxic emotions, I'm sorry, gratitude reduces a multitude of toxic emotions from envy and resentment to frustration and regret. Robert Emmons, a leading gratitude researcher, has conducted multiple studies on the link between gratitude and well-being. His research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. Four, gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. Grateful people are more likely to believe in a pro-social behave, I'm sorry, in a pro-social manner, even when others behave less kindly, according to a 2012 study by the University of Kentucky. Study participants who ranked higher on gratitude scales were less likely to retaliate against others, even when given negative feedback. They experienced more sensitivity and empathy towards other people and a decreased desire to seek revenge. Number five, grateful people sleep better. Writing in gratitude journal, Writing in a, oh, okay, writing in a gratitude journal improves sleep, according to a 2011 study published in Applied Psychology, Health, and Well-Being. Spend 15 minutes jotting down a few grateful sentiments before bed, and you may sleep better and longer. Number six, gratitude improves self-esteem. A 2014 study in the Journal of Applied Sports Psychology found that gratitude increased athletes' self-esteem, an essential component of optimal an essential component of optimal performance. Other studies have shown that gratitude reduces social comparisons. Rather than becoming resentful toward people who have more money or better jobs, a major fact in reduced self-esteem, grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishments. And number seven, gratitude increases mental strength. For years, research has shown Research has shown gratitude not only reduces stress, but it may also play a major role in overcoming trauma. A 2006 study published in Behavioral Research and Therapy found that Vietnam War veterans with higher levels of gratitude experienced lower states of post-traumatic stress disorder. A 2003 study published in the Journal of Psychology and Social Psychology found that gratitude was a major contributor to resilience following the terrorist attacks on on September 11th. Recognizing that all you have to be thankful for, even during the recognizing all that you have to be thankful for, even during the worst of times, fosters resilience. So there you have like seven things that you know are, are just byproduct beneficial for for having a grateful attitude. So when God says give thanks in all things, He is just simply saying this is really good for you. This is a really good attitude for you. This is a really good place for you to camp out and live your life. And even when those things are not good in themselves, 
okay, you can still be in a place to say, God, I thank you because I don't necessarily, I'm not at the moment receiving the benefit of this good thing that you've brought into my life, but I am going to thank you for it right now, and I know you're going to take me into it, through it, and you're going to make me richer, wiser, more, uh, more spiritual human being for having gone through whatever thing you are setting before me. That's, that is how it works. So in everything, God is encouraging us to, be, to have a thankful heart. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I just want to say that a major function, like before when I was saying in, in, in um, Galatians chapter 5, when he, when he writes about the fruit of the Spirit, I, I thought about that and I thought, man, I thought that I, it seems to me that gratefulness ought to be like right in there because it is such a fundamental aspect of the presence of the Spirit of God. And you can kind of give yourself a little Holy Spirit test. How grateful are you? What is your gratefulness quotient this morning. Do you have that kind of an attitude, the attitude of gratitude, like they say? Does that, is that what um, drives your life when you look around? Are you, are you overwhelmed with the blessings that God has given? Are you overwhelmed with Jesus himself and, and what he did and who he is and that he now has become your savior? And even more, he says, I no longer call you servants. A servant has no idea what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. We have been called into friendship with Almighty God. We have been called into friendship with Jesus. Amen. So anyway, how is that uh, gratefulness quotient working this morning? Right? Give yourself, a, give yourself a grade. Let's take a moment. Let's kind of think about this. Let's bow our head. Because I, I want to reiterate the promise of God that what, whatever he allows to come your way, he is sovereign over he is able to take you through it. He's been there before. He's seen a millions of other people just like you and me go through the very thing that you're looking at right now that you're, you feel like you're saying, I'll never get through this thing. I'll never get past this thing. This thing has so damaged my life. But it's, it, that's not true. God, is, God, God works all things together for good to those who love him and are the call according to his purpose. That's, if that's you, then that's your prescription. That's the recipe. That's, that's God's will for that situation. So while we're just doing a little spiritual inventory, let me just ask the question, and you know, let's, let's just kind of make this kind of personal moment with God. I realize we're in a room full of people, but let's, let's get personal with God. How many are right in that kind of a place right now where there is just something that is just seeming like it's overwhelming and it is poisoning, it is corrupting your inward heart? I wonder if this morning you'd say, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm dealing with right now there, Pastor Steve. If it is, why don't you uh, put your hand up. We're going to pray for you. All right, there we go, there we go, there we go. All right. Father God, I, I think there are probably a lot of other hands that just didn't get raised because, of course, we live in New Jersey. So people don't raise their hands for anything in New Jersey, not even to be prayed for. <laughs> but Lord, I pray for all of us. I'm in that boat. I got things I'm dealing with. I got things that could overthrow me. I got things that hurt. 
I got things that trouble me. I got things that want to drag me down into self-pity and despondency. Sure, plenty of them all over the place. But I choose not to listen to what they have to say. I choose to listen, O Lord God, to what you have to say. Because you are God, and they are just a temporary nuisance that I will be victorious through simply by having the attitude that Jesus had in this world. Let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not think that equality with God was something to be grasped, but being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That was not the end of the story. For this reason, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What I want you to say today, if, if, you, were, if you were a person who really did raise your hand or a person who was supposed to raise your hand, but you didn't raise your hand because you're from New Jersey, Right? I want you to look at that mountain, look at that situation, look at that problem, look at that trouble, and just say to it, Jesus is Lord. That is the ticket. Jesus is Lord over you, and Jesus is Lord over me. And Jesus will use all things that he needs to use to bring me to a place of greater personal development so that I can be a little more like Jesus tomorrow than I am today, and that process can continue and continue and continue because Romans 8, 29 says, For as many as God foreknew, those he also be predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That's what all things work together for, not just to make my life easier, to make my life successful. They work together to make me like Jesus. That's what God wants. And so every set of circumstances, every problem, every trouble, trouble, every trial, everything falls into that category, doesn't it? That if I receive it in faith with thanksgiving, it will. It's like the story of Jacob when he, when he gets taken out by the, the um, angel when he's on his way back. That the, I think it's the brook Jabbok. And he goes out to pray, and there he gets jumped by an angel. He wrestles all night with the angel, right? Uh, and, and he comes back in the morning, and he says to the angel, I will not let you go until you what? Until you bless me, okay? And, and that's the ticket. I will not let this problem go until it, bless, it becomes a blessing to me. That's the thing. So the next morning, here's Jacob coming back. He's got his family. He's got his kids and his wives and his herds and everything. He's coming back out. Man, he's a mess. He's like, his clothes are all torn up. His hair is all, hey, J hey, Jacob, what happened to you, man? I got blessed. Sometimes the blessing is a, is a wrestling match with God. But giving thanks in all circumstances is the, is the, is the starting point to being able to find yourself in the center that of where God is in control and where he is manipulating, not manipulating, but maneuvering things into the pattern for good, for growth, for spiritual well-being, for your life, for fruitfulness. 
So, Lord God, we stop and we thank you for your presence in us. We thank you for the hope that we have in Christ, the riches that we have in Christ, the security we have in Christ, the peace we have in Christ, the joy that your Holy Spirit gives in Christ. We thank you, O Lord God, that it brings patience and gentleness and goodness and meekness and helps us to be restrained and tamed in this life and tame down these wild passions within us. Hallelujah. All thanks, all praise, all glory to you, O God. So, Lord, may we, when we, as we approach this week, may we ramp up Monday. I'm going to be a little thankful Monday. Okay, but Tuesday, I'm going. I'm going to double it. Tuesday, I'm going to be double thankful whatever I was on Monday. Wednesday, oh, man, I'm, really, I'm, going, to start, I'm going to start putting thankfulness stuff in me. So I'm going to, I'm going to take some scripture and stuff like that. I've even, we're, you know, we were doing that verse in one, Psalm 103, right? And it, right, uh, magnify the Lord, O my soul, and, and or bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits, who pardons all your um, iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with, with glory and with loving kindness, who redeems your, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's what I'm going to put in. So by the time I get to Thursday, look out. I'm going to be filled with thankfulness, filled with the Spirit of God. Want to do that? Shall we? Lord, let us do that this week so whoever we celebrate Thanksgiving with, we can warm them with the love and the joy and the peace that you give us. We can, we can share that with them because we're living in a world that's out of its mind with anxiety and fear. So, Lord God, as we, as we come to this season of Thanksgiving, first of all, we got so much to be thankful for, so much. May it be on display in our lives for Jesus' sake and for the glory of his name. We pray this now to you, in Jesus' name, amen.